Yeah, no, no. I mean, you've been killing it. But I mean, here's the thing. Well, excuse me. My, my bad. My bad. Well, yeah, just look at watch out where you're, you're going next time. No, no, I'm still here. Listen, Elizabeth, again, you're doing a great job. I, I think so. Brett thinks so. We just have some concerns. The, the, what's up with the, the deliveries of the, the water bottles? I, it's starting to add up budget wise. I actually, I'm meeting Brett now. I'll, I'll run over it again. Just just keep keep an eye on the water budget. OK, hey, Brett. What's going on, Brett? Hey, hey, amigo. Can you believe this new crew we brought from Ohio? The garage has been running so efficiently. I'm, yeah, it's been really productive. But don't you think things have been a little bit strange since they got here? Strange? How? Well, I mean, the, the water bill, it, it's quadrupled since they've been here. That's one. True, but so have the profits. We're bringing in 10 times the amount of customers. And the word of mouth is crazy. I was just talking to Drew Willis, and he thinks we should start another garage in Austin. Thinks there's a great customer base there. Brett, are you are you okay? I I, I don't want to keep piling on, but I mean, there's also an ink pen shortage around the office. If I leave a pen around, it just disappears like two seconds. I, I don't. You're not concerned about that? Look, it finally feels like we're running a real Hollywood level production. Something that Spielberg, Lucas, Sonnenfeld could appreciate. Sonnenfeld? The shark didn't even work on Jaws. Spielberg needed, like, a minded crew, a hive, to, to make the production work. Like-minded? A, a hive? I, I don't think this is a very good comparison to what's going on now. Travis, it's just like the faculty. Which we're reviewing next. In an almost suspicious coincidence of events, a poorly managed school in Ohio discovers a new species of cephalopods, a new student from Atlanta moves in, and the teaching staff can't seem to stay hydrated. Can Casey Connor and a misfit gang of teenagers unravel the mystery spreading through their small town, or will Casey's thirst for knowledge get him expelled from his student body? Let's find out in The Faculty, what can easily be summed up as The Breakfast Club meets John Carpenter's The Thing in this homage to sci-fi horror mystery. We are your cinema mechanics, Brett Mosier and Travis Santana, and we are diving into the faculty. 1999, 1998, actually. Uh, Robert Rodriguez's, I guess you could say, hit. It was a kind of a cult classic, I guess. Uh, not necessarily well-received at the time, but uh, that's never stopped us before. So, Travis, do you want to jump into a diagnostic here? What, what did you think of the faculty? Um, I... This is another case of a movie that I saw as a, a, a younger kid, maybe late teens, early teens, and really enjoyed it. Um, watching it through the lens of reviewing a podcast, I did not realize the talent behind this movie, one being the director, Robert Rodriguez. I don't need to tell you what he's done. The writer, uh, Kevin Williamson, maybe this is kind of the peak of his uh, takeover of Hollywood. He, of course, he's responsible for Scream. I think he was involved in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the the television series. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a, um, a, a the a renaissance of horror. Like he was he was behind a lot of the renaissance of horror of the the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, the the reinvention. But when I say reinvention, it's basically the the winking of the camera of hey, we know we're in a horror movie. Whereas this, I think, it was just basically. 
you know, we've talked about other movies. What's the Hollywood motivation behind it? What what kind of scripts are we putting together? This, to me, is basically, and you touched on it, this is the breakfast club meets the thing. But it also is just, let's make Scream, but instead of doing the horror genre, let's do sci-fi. Uh, so that's the cynical way to view it. But, man, I, th- I think they really pulled it off. I like this movie. I'm going to have a lot of good things to say about it. Uh, what are your, your general overview thoughts of it? So... Uh, I got to watch this movie through the through the lens of someone who's never seen it. So I was not there was no nostalgia um, going into this for me. And I have to say, Travis, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought this was a real fun ride. <laughs> uh, I was I was worried. I, I thought, yeah, because the nostalgia, it boosted for me. I was wondering if through a pure lens, if people would enjoy it. So I, I'm happy. I'm looking forward to hearing it, what you think about it. It was one of those, I typically try and go into a movie with as little knowledge as possible. Um, with with the exception of maybe like a trailer or something like that. I don't do any research prior to watching. And at the very end of the movie, uh, when it says directed by Robert Rodriguez, it's like, of course, this is a Rodriguez. Like as, as soon as I saw the name, I'm like, it has him written all over it. This is definitely him. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, um, he is responsible for the Desperado series. And once upon a time in Mexico, um, but uh, and then and then after that, the Spy Kids genre, or not genre, but um, franchise. But um, I am a fan of, of Rodriguez. But uh, I did I did really enjoy the movie. I uh, I did read a, like a couple reviews about this. It's got a well. I don't want to spoil what its rating is on IMDb because that we will play that game in the the trilogy wrap up. But um, it is definitely labeled a cult classic, and it, it's it's not terribly high. I think it is. I'd love to see what modern reviews of this movie are because i feel like at the time a lot of it was about like oh this is a ripoff this is just a ton of stuff you've seen in other sci-fi and i think at that the late 90s i hate to say this i think people weren't as familiar with like the term of homage and maybe that's just because hollywood was still trying to put out original content and it wasn't just you know regurgitating other things but i thought this was a fantastic homage to like sci-fi horror um so i i, I was actually a big fan of it so before we really get into the specifics of what we like, I'm, I'm glad that you you phrased it that way because I, I think to really enjoy this movie, you have to appreciate what it's ripping off or what it's paying homage to if you're being more polite. If you just hold it to that standard, I really think it's one of the more fun times you could have with a movie. Um, yes, as the few complaints I have, I think that this movie had an opportunity to go even further. I think Scream, Scream is to the horror genre, what it is is a much higher level than what the faculty is to a sci-fi genre, if that makes sense. I, I think that it, this movie could have strived to be Scream on that same level where it kind of reinvents the sci-fi genre. I don't think it was able to do that, but that's holding it to a high standard it still does what it does at, at a high mm-hmm. level. It's a very, it's a very fun movie. Yeah. And well, what I thought was ironic was the people that are like, Oh, it's clearly a rip off of movies. I'm like, it, like it knows it is like there's an entire scene between two characters where they're just talking about other movies and media that this movie is basically replicating and i'm like it knows what it is it knows what it's it's again i i always said that the difference between homage and ripoff is uh how forthcoming you were with the with your inspiration um if you got caught after the fact you were ripping it off if you were forthfront and said like oh no i'm purposely like ripping this off then it's homage <laughs> so it, it well, all no, no 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 i don't Brad, hold on. I, I need to stop you there. The difference is my beat goes, 
Den, 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 den. <laughs> and their beat goes, den, 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 den. it's different. So I don't, yep. the ripoff thing, just just be careful with that. That's yeah. that's slanderous. You're right. You're right. I apologize. Nor do I think that this movie was, was ripping anything off. But I, um, I, it is one of those movies where I, in my notes, I actually had kind of a, a running theme of I would state something and then put comma foreshadowing because I thought it was like, oh, they're clearly laying bread breadcrumbs. And I think the the best example I've ever seen of, of a movie that lays breadcrumbs is Shaun of the Dead, where literally like the entire opening monologue of the movie literally sets the beats of the rest of the movie like what happens throughout it so ever since i've seen that like i always look for that in, in movies um to see if anybody else is doing it well um but there's definitely a lot of you know it, it lays the breadcrumbs i think you know if you really want to like dice it up there's certainly things that don't make sense or that could be changed but for the most part i thought they did a good job of making it to where like characters decisions and things that happen are like clearly defined and they're explained at some point in the movie and i i appreciated that where it's not like at no point was it one of those like out of the blue like what the fuck where the fuck did this come from um well let me, I don't, I don't, hmm? yeah speaking of getting to that i don't want to interrupt you i, I do want to bring up a, a note that you said with Shaun of the dead how it kind of through dialogue sets up what's going to happen. I'm glad you mentioned that. And maybe we can transition into the specific things that we enjoyed because they're literally maybe the first line of dialogue in the movie is from Robert Patrick, the football coach, which maybe we'll get into Robert Patrick later. I think he crushes this movie. Yes. Yes. Let's get back to him later. But his first line is he's talking to Stan, the quarterback that, all of a sudden doesn't want to be a quarterback anymore. Uh, ooh, dazed and confused. Anybody seen that movie? Ooh, ooh, high school dramas that were ripping off. <laughs> foreshadowing. Um, anyway, his line to him is, uh, you going to rejoin uh, the living tomorrow, Stan? Uh, you got to feel the pressure closing in on you. Those are literally the first two lines Robert Patrick says, and boy, does that, I mean, like you said, it, it's painting the picture of what's going to happen. You, you, you're going to rejoin the living tomorrow, Stan? Uh, maybe not tomorrow, but the day after when you see the events of these movies, so or this movie. So, uh, yeah, a lot of little touches around the edges. The, the attention to detail, I thought, it built the the ambiance of this movie, which I think is maybe what you were touching on. So it, it, do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like going, uh, you know, touching on some of the setups like John Stewart when he's in the, the teacher's lounge there and he goes, oh, well, put a pin in my eye. And I looked over at Caitlin. And I'm like, get ready because he's going to die because someone's going to shove a pin in his eye. And like a scene later is Josh Hartnett's character. Was it Zeke giving out these you know, uh, drug filled pins. I'm like, Oh, there's the pin that's going to be shoved in his eye. I'm like, again, there's, I love, I love when a movie sets stuff up like that, where it's like, if you're paying attention, like you get the little stuff like that. Cause that's exactly what winds up happening. John Stewart's character. Um, there's the, you know, Elijah Wood. I only run when being chased and he's, he gets chased throughout the movie. Um, the, there's a, a character that winds up, you know, Obviously, this is going to be a spoiler-free or spoiler-filled uh, episode here, but like the uh, the girl who winds up being the queen alien at the end, um, like it's one of those like I called it very early. And I'm like, especially when she's like, I'm like, oh, aspirin would kill me. I'm like, oh, get ready because like they're clearly alluding to she's either going to be the alien queen or she is another alien that has been sent here to save people. But I'm like, I uh, and we'll get into what I would have loved to have seen a little bit more with that, but 
Um, again, just tons of, of little setups and stuff like that, that 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 I really enjoyed throughout the movie. Yeah, absolutely. I which just quick side note: what the scene that you're talking about, where John Stewart talks about getting the pin in his eye, it's when he's talking to Selma Hayek, right? Yes, the, the school nurse. Uh-huh. Which I mean, this the cast of this movie insane. We'll get into that insane, insane. Just, I, I don't know what half of these people are doing in this movie, um, but what is John Stewart doing in that scene? Is he hitting on Selma Hayek? I didn't understand that. Why I, is he I, so interested in her being? Yeah, sick? I, I think so. I, I think so. Okay. Like it was. Yeah, I, I. That's what I picked up was that he was he was trying to hit on her. He was just John Stewart was also just very weird in this movie. <laughs> just period. He was kind of a a weird guy. I don't know if that's because he Which, was supposed to be the science teacher or what. But like, yeah, just the way he acted. Period was almost alien before he became an alien. Which is it's just funny to think how this man goes on to be an extremely successful comedian, political commentator, but you can kind of tell in this moment, he doesn't really know what he wants to do. He just needs a paycheck. So mm-hmm. he's funny in this movie, but it it's just a weird vibe from Jon Stewart. Yeah, there's, I mean, it is, this movie is a who's who of talent. Like, it is insane watching it. It's almost like, what is it like if you go back and watch, like, Saving Private Ride or something like that, and you just, you pick up all the little people, it's like, holy shit, like, this is, there's so many people who have massive careers that are in this movie at the same time. It just so happened to be they are all kind of circling right there. It's like, are they going to make it or break it at this time? But uh, yeah, it was, and, it was and awesome. And even some of the characters uh, were played by actors that were kind of playing against type. I guess like Fomka Jansen, ultimately, once she becomes an alien, she's a, a lot more uh, akin to her Bond villain character. But before that, she's just this meek, weird. And actually, while I'm on that subject, what is the vibe between her and Josh Hartnett slash Zeke? Because by the end of the movie, it, it seems like it's implied that he's still at high school, but they're together. Is that, do you know the scene I'm talking about at the end? Zeke and who? Uh, Fomka Jansen, the, the, We'll have to edit this out. The the tall teacher, Jean oh. Grey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, have, I have no idea yet. <laughs> what's going the, what's on up with, with the weird sexual tension between them? I don't get it. it. It existed before she was an alien, I felt like. Yeah, and yeah, I, I have... That, that whole thing, too, is weird because I'm like, is this supposed to be like the girl next door type like sexual fantasy thing or like, oh, the teacher's going to I'm like the, again that. But it was almost reversed because it was him hitting on the teacher. But they have to th- have the throwaway line that, oh, he's technically like he's repeating the senior year. So it doesn't look like, you know, she's going after, you know, younglings. But like <laughs> that, that whole thing was also yeah, just kind of like, where the why did this need to be in here? Yeah, the. I know we're jumping all around, but what's up with the him repeating high school thing? Is that the only explanation so that that they can pay that off at the end where it's not weird that they're together? Is that the only payoff? Because he's supposed to be a science genius other than that. Mm -hmm. Which I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Let's focus on the positive before we start questioning things. Um so another thing what I, else do you have I, what, another thing I love I think this is right around that transition period in Hollywood where like people were trying to get more into the CGI and you know computer generated um, kind of like effects and graphics and stuff like that so I love that there was still some use of practical 
effects like the the puppet for the queen alien at the end i thought was fantastic i'm like i was so happy they didn't try and do the cheesy cgi they did for the little slug babies earlier in the movie because like they're okay it you know it doesn't hold up real great you know in terms of the cgi that we have today it's not the worst but it's definitely one of those like i'm glad they didn't try and make the uh the queen also one of those cgi monsters Yes, uh, I, I'll definitely agree with that. But let me just say, in regards to the way this movie ends, that will be one of my complaints. But beyond that, I, I, I certainly agree with you. Um, this movie did balance practical and, and CGI very well. Um, but almost that's the, kind of the downfall of the movie, because for me, I felt like what I loved, just to transition into one of the things I loved— the ambiance of this movie. There were certain shots where, as on paper, it's easy to tell the story of high school, a, a clique of people in high school that are outsiders from the rest. It's an easy story to tell, but there were certain shots. Um, the shot where they kind of realize what's up and they're the last people in this town that are still people and, and they're, tri- they're, they're moving away. They're trying to escape. They're going to the car. Mm-hmm. Just the, I, I can't remember the music that's playing in the background, but the eyes of, that are upon them from everybody else in this town, it, it did a great job of making you feel like you were a part of this group that were outsiders, even though we already know part of this group is already infiltrated. That's that's the, the joy of of replicating or ripping off or paying homage to the thing. But through the first three fourths of the movie, I thought the tension was always there. Well, Just, yeah, it was, you, you don't know who's who. Yeah. And it's interesting being alienated by the aliens, you know, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, no. they're invading your planet, but yet they're making you feel even more like an outsider. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and that was one of the things I, I thought the the interaction between characters, I I really enjoyed. It is, I would say it's, it is a little exaggerated, almost, you know, kind of towing that line of, of parody just with, you know, how over the top some of the, the interaction and acting is. But I think that that it's for the right reasons. It's not because they're shitty actors or it's B-rated. I think it's, again, it's going back to that playing homage to like the, the sci-fi horror and you know, a lot of the, the B rated, you know, sci-fi movies and stuff like that of the eighties and stuff like that. I, I think it, it's going back. And again, it, it's kind of channeling a lot of some of the cheesiness that was that time and kind of modernizing it for, for the, the late nineties. So I really I enjoyed that, I, I, you know, not to, to bring up the coach again, but I felt like he was doing a Rob Schneider impression the first time he gets like, uh, infiltrated by the aliens and he's going after the principal at the beginning of the movie like he's you look really nice today I'm like I, I swear to god I'm like it felt like Rob Schneider was the one who was in the office to me not the coach but I, I think that's ultimately where you're gonna fall if, if you're somebody who watches this movie and you've never seen it if you can appreciate the breakfast club and the thing and you can appreciate those two movies being melded together you will enjoy this movie. I don't think it's it's easy to say, well, this is just a ripoff of these two movies combined, but those are two great movies. So if you can give me some sort of hybrid of them, that's not a bad thing. 
So that's what that's the strongest thing this movie has going for it. Yeah, you're going to see that it's influenced by other things, but it's fun. So who cares? Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, yeah, just like I said, <laughs> outside that, I thought it has some of the most amazing insults and slang terms I think I've ever heard in a movie. And I don't know if they would be put into a movie today, but here, here's a quick list of some of my, my favorite ones. Um, okay. Pussy pukes, limp ass blowjobs, mm. gutter slut, hiss wad, mm-hmm. tit bags, and fuck pukes. Like, <laughs> it's what's like, I've never heard anybody call anybody any of those phrases before. And they are like, I don't know if like the people were just given freedom to try and come up with wacky, zany, like, terrible things to call each other or if somebody had like a cursing generator and they threw that into the script i'm like all of those are just amazing awful terrible things to say and i've never heard anybody ever say them before in my life (laughs) well let me ask you maybe maybe that's the interpretation of the aliens on how human beings would curse do you think this movie would give that level of detail to things no because i think most of the lines were said when people were still humans (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, most of those lines were just the football coach before we know he gets turned. (laughs) I still, gutter slut might be my my favorite one out of the entire one. I'm like, gutter slut, that's a, that is a good, that is a good insult right there. (laughs) So real quick, I want to start getting into the little nits that I found that I want to pick about this movie, but I want to make sure, is there anything that you especially appreciated about this movie? I'm sure we're going to touch on it later little things that we liked but just very specific things in mind before we move on no i think just in general i I think it was just a very well done i you know i will continue to say homage i think it is they very much like took the source material that inspired this movie and stayed true to it while at the same time kind of melding two very different genres together to me it was almost like the the coming of age story which i think it's a little lost um being melted with kind of like that sci-fi horror body snatcher genre um and i i think they did a, a pretty great job of doing that and then just making just again a a movie that is it's just fun to watch i mean this movie is fun to watch from beginning to end i mean and even again going back to the practical effects like i actually laughed when josh hartnett crashes his car into the bus and the teacher was on like you know he buckles up and he hits the bus and it explodes into flame and like you can very clearly tell just they used a shitty dummy almost like what we saw in like um was it the fugitive when they threw it over the waterfall like you can tell that like it was like just the the worst dummy they could possibly find that they threw in there i'm like i love that level like they could have done a lot more with that but i feel like that was intentional to again it's a callback to just those movies that like in in the 80s and stuff like that that that's how it was done and that's that was the look and feel so like i i did really appreciate like a lot of that i just it was it is it's just it's a fun movie to me and it's not for someone who's not a huge fan of the horror genre, it's not scary. I mean, it's barely a thriller, I would say, but it is it is just it's a fun movie to watch. Oh, I 100 percent agree. This movie is a, a ton of fun. Now, I know you mentioned that this is not a nostalgia piece for you, so I, I kind of want to sit on the fence between things that I like about this movie, but also things that I, I, I find ridiculous about this movie. If we're talking about a period of time, 
Are you familiar, Brett, with the designer, uh, fashioner? I don't know, uh, a man by the name of Tommy Hilfiger? Tommy Hilfiger. Yeah. Um, is he the one who designs all that fancy underwear? Uh, well, I would say it, you're putting in the present tense. I don't think he's done much of anything. He was all about polos uh, back in the day. It was polos and for their shorts back in. Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice the amount of Tommy Hilfiger clothing in this film? I did not. I was not paying attention to that, if I'm honest. In, in, interesting. I'm glad that you didn't because I originally, I. On my second watch of this movie, because for listeners at home, I try to watch this movie, whatever movie we're reviewing for the week, I try to watch it once, and then I try to watch it a second time with a little more detailed notes. The first time I watched this movie, I, I recognized two things, and that's what I'm going to talk about briefly. Mm -hmm. The first of which is the Tommy Hilfiger product placement. I was originally going to count every time I saw it in the movie. Now, when I was going to middle school and high school, Tommy Hilfiger was the brand. So I recognized that logo. Uh, I stopped counting in the first 30 minutes of the movie when I had like six Tommy Hilfiger product placements. Uh, do you recall the scene? Very, very close to the opening of the movie where there's a fender bender and two women get into a fight. Yes. You remember that scene? Mm -hmm. They're, they're both wearing Tommy Hilfiger jeans. <laughs> I'm not sure why, because I don't think you want to promote either one of these two people's actions by putting your brand on it. But that's the tip of the iceberg. There's 20 more. I'm not going to go into them, but that segues into the other thing I noticed about this movie the amount of time that people randomly bump into each other because one or more of the two people are not paying attention. Well, it's it's just two characters that do it. I didn't think it was I thought it was for the most part it was Stan mm, and for the and most the part chick. yeah, Stokely because it's a, it's so supposed cool. to be the meat cute. I mean, it might have been more than that, but yeah, they do that, them a lot because I think they're trying it, to make a meat cute. I'll tell you what, Brett. If, if you think, if you only notice that it was Stokely and the quarterback who wants to quit, I'll take the Pepsi challenge. You and Kate take whatever proof liquor you want to drink and take a shot for every time somebody bumps into somebody in this movie because one person's not paying attention and you won't make it through a quarter of the movie before you're legally drunk. And if you watch the whole movie send paramedics it happens over and over again and i have a i have a theory about that but i just anybody who's gonna listen to this podcast and then maybe watch the movie look for that look for characters bumping into each other because somebody's not paying attention fair enough i am looking up right now uh tommy hilfiger product placement in the faculty and you're right i did not realize how much there was oh did you actually find like an article or um what? apparently there's a site where you can just go and, and look up where the product placement is and they will just show images and then apparently they'll show you maybe related items that you could purchase so oh i don't i don't know what the motivation behind that yeah. might be uh but yeah so 
Is is that is that panning out that Tommy Hilfiger is all over this fucking movie? Yes. Yeah. And apparently you're not the only one who noticed because many people are asking why is it why are there so many? It's uh yeah somebody well, oh Brett, it, was, it was yesterday uh, Santana Man sixty nine sixty nine was asking about nice. How, <laughs> but yes, well, the, there are a couple blog entries that I'll have to read afterward about it. <laughs> well, you don't have to read the blog entries just yet because I'll tell you. Uh, you've inspired me on your level of research on this podcast. I've gone to look. There's a Tommy Hilfiger campaign ad based around the cast of this movie. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it is it is official that there was, because that's what I was, I was trying to determine if it was, they just knew that that was the hotness at the time. So, like, they had a, a, a good costume or, you know, fitting department that only got, like, what was hip and now. But, no, it, it, it judging by what you're saying, it sounds like there was a legitimate, like, partnership. Yeah, there's a reason three three years later that, uh, you know, at my high school, all the rage was Tommy Hilfiger denim overalls. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. So outside of the product placement, was there what, what were some of the other things that you I have a couple nitpicky things, but what, what were some of yours? Well, actually, I, I feel like that was a slight nitpick on my part. I, I'd like to hear what you have. So this is going to be. This is going to, uh, hopefully you, you don't get offended by this or anything like that, but I actually, my biggest, I had two. I had two really big ones and then a joke one um, that I that I really wrote down in terms of, of thing, gripes I had. My first was I did not like the soundtrack to this movie at all. Um, and I honestly, I'm not going to fault the faculty for that. I think it is a product of the time, the late 90s, early 2000s. I feel like... A lot of it was, again, like we're talking about product placement was like a big deal at that time. So like it wasn't even necessarily that music made sense in movies. It was like, hey, we want to get what's going to be a radio hit in there. It's studios trying to create, you know, synergies and stuff like that where they can get money. So I'm like the sound like the soundtrack just didn't didn't feel right to me in this this movie at all. And it's one of those like I feel like if it was made today, there would be better accompanied like music like even rock music or whatever you want to call it um i just feel like there would be better music accompanying what the characters are doing it just a lot of times the music would actually take me out of the movie where i'm just like this just doesn't feel right it doesn't feel right um but that was that was my biggest things and then my my other big gripe with the movie well real quick uh -huh. can i can i talk about the music with you as well because i think i think you hit something there because i remember the marketing around this movie had much better music in it. I can only think of one example uh, from the marketing that wasn't in the movie. But do you recall uh, Harvey Danger? Oh, yeah. Flagpole uh, Sitter? Yeah. Yes. That song was heavily involved in the marketing of this movie. And it makes sense because that... The, the lyrics of that song, I think mm -hmm. the last verse is like, paranoia, paranoia, everybody's coming to get me. Mm -hmm. Fits perfectly in this movie. I don't recall. I, I'm pretty positive that does not appear in the movie at all, right? No, it doesn't. Because I would have picked up on that song immediately, and that would have been yes. a fantastic song to juxtapose, like when the football team was pursuing Casey. Yes. Or even yes. when, Which, even when that scene you're talking about, when they're walking through and everyone is starting to stare at them, like as everyone yes. is being, that would have been holy shit. That would have been a fantastic song for right then. And if you don't go with that scene, the visuals of the football game where the uh, the fireworks are going off in the background, like 
cinematography wise, that scene was great. Like where the football team is basically just killing the other team and then infecting them. Mm-hmm. That soundtrack could have been much better right there. And then the only other soundtrack I note that I have, just because you brought it up, I, I feel like they teased the uh, another brick in the wall from Pink Floyd. No, it was in there. It was just a cover. It was a weird cover. Of it was it. a cover, but they didn't even really lean into it. I can yeah. understand why you didn't get Pink Floyd, but give me that bass line of that song. So, like, the soundtrack of this movie is the one area where, like, they could have done so much more and pushed this movie over the top, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree that the soundtrack was a was a major issue for me. Um, And then the other side was I just thought I and I, it'll transition right into you. You kind of alluded to earlier. Uh, the ending was a major problem for me. I thought it was super strange that every single one of the main characters did a 180 at the end of the movie. Like do the breakfast you know, club. But even then, like, it's so weird. It is like a drastic like it is literally every character is a complete opposite of what they started the movie as. And like, even if that is an homage, like that's one of those things you can kind of tweak because it's like the one month later. And it's like suddenly Zeke, who was the 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 science nerd who didn't care, is now part of a team on the football. The football guy decided to quit to become an academic. The the nerd who no one liked is suddenly the here. I'm like everything. Literally everything did a 180. And to me, well, if you think about it, they're just rotating positions. Mm-hmm. The the science guy is now on the football team. The football guy that was on the football team is now more of a science oriented person. The the science nerd is now a ladies man. They're all just changing an archetype. That's all they're doing. Yeah, none of them actually developed or grew. They just switched. <laughs> They just switched bodies, right? which is weird in a body snatcher movie, (laughs) which makes me wonder, is this movie deeper than I give it credit for? I don't think when we talk about it, it sounds like it, but I don't see that on screen. They didn't tell me that story. Yeah, I (laughs) thought it was just ridiculous in terms of characters development. The idea that the 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 parasites can reassemble bodies and like everybody will just like oh it doesn't matter what happened to you once the queen is taken out you just survive like again the teacher you're talking about the the timid teacher her head literally is removed from her body and in a very oh. thing and a very thing um homage she crawls back and then it reassembles and then she's alive at the end of the movie I'm like i mean at the end of the day her body still like was separated from her head Mm, Brett. Yeah. Remind me to talk about that in my chop shop. Okay. So, uh, what what else? What other issues did you have with the movie? Oh, and then, well, my last one is just Josh Hartnett's haircut was fucking ridiculous in this movie. I have no idea what the fuck that was or how you even make that haircut work. But that was, like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it was like a bowl cut that somehow, like, it looked like a fucking anime character. Like, when I looked at it, I'm like, like, this is like, literally looked at some kind of Japanese or like some kind of comic book character. And I'm just like, it's like, it was like a bowl cut on the top. And then as soon as it got down below the ear or ears, it like flared out. And I'm just like, I literally don't know what the fuck that haircut was and what they were trying to like oh he doesn't care about i'm like just make it a shaggy haircut let's make it like what the fuck was that like it's so it was so weird uh that's the 90s but i had the exact same commentary it looked as if he they they cut it and then 
decided to tease up the sections behind his ears with hairspray. I, I, <laughs> it was bad. But the weird thing is, if you watch Josh Hartnett from that era, which I, I, I'm telling on myself by saying that I know about Josh Hartnett from that era, but that was his haircut for a good five years. Like, why is that weird section at the back of his head sticking out? So, yes. It's okay. I to, saw it. You saw it. A lot of people saw it. It's okay to admit that you are a heartthrob. All right. It's okay. <laughs> how, how could you not be? <laughs> All righty. So, I, um, so my uh, real quick. I'm sorry. My only other complaint, and we might touch on it later because you 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 complimented it. I wished. I wish that the end of the movie had been a little more contained because I, I got the paranoia vibe. I got the who's who vibe. I wish it hadn't gone towards the monster side of things, but I feel like you still have more to say about that. So let's get to it later. Uh, do you have anything before we get to chop shop? No, I think we'll do it. Let's go ahead and jump into some choppy. All right, so what you got for us, Mr. Santana? Oh, I, oh, brother, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, that's 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 good because I think you're gonna have to carry us this week. Oh, no problem, no problem. Okay, I'm trying to think of how I'll present this to you. And I, I, I mean, is there any way you could just put a slug in my ear and just we can kind of hive mind it or? Mm, I could do that to you, but then I have to do that to all the listeners, and then. I'm, I'm kind of a maniac and I'm trying to take over the world. I'm like Damien Bashir and Kong mm. versus Godzilla. I don't know. It's a lot of Here's work. Here's my thing. Well, here, here's, here's my thought. What did we review last week, Brett? Do you know? I, I believe it was my octopus. Sorry. My octopus teacher. My octopus teacher. Taking a drink of Mellow Yellow for dramatic pause. Think about my octopus teacher, and think about Zeke and uh, Famke Jansen's teacher character here. I can't remember her name off the top. Mrs. So she's Brooks. Timid... Brooks, I think. I think it was like Brooks, like that. She's the one that's that jumps into his car through the uh, the side glass, and then he hits a school bus to eject her. Yes, she's looking for something cherry flavored. Exactly. Or an enema. You know, <laughs> nobody's judging here. Um, so after that conflict is over, it, it, it looks pretty clear that her head is on octopus tentacles crawling around. And there's some sexual tension between Josh Hartnett and, and this teacher, Zeke, and uh, Miss Octopus. I don't know. It seems like this is just another version of my octopus teacher. Oh. And I know... I know this movie ends with him at football practice awkwardly smoking a cigarette just during the middle of high school football practice. At this point, he's fucking 21 years old because how many times are you going to fail senior year? But that's neither here nor there. Uh, but you see her in the stands, Miss Octopus Teacher. 
I'm thinking, what's the more realistic view of how this would go down? These high school students somehow stopped an alien invasion. It doesn't make much sense to me. It's a stretch. But as you pointed out in our review, her head is crawling around on octopus tentacles, and later on she's fully formed. Let's imagine, though, what if that octopus head just somehow found the ocean? I know it's in Ohio, but that's, you know, Elijah Wood points that out when he's talking to Jon Stewart. How is this shit happening in Ohio? I don't know. But she finds her way back to the ocean. She's the last survivor of this alien race that was trying to invade Earth. And there's no way, there's no way that she can recover and, and start to take over people again unless there's a stupid motherfucker who decides, I'm having a midlife crisis. Let me swim down in the ocean and just get really acquainted with an octopus. Because this movie made it clear, there's... They're aliens, but there's some sort of crossover with octopi or squid, right? John Stewart yeah. calls it out. You, yeah, the, yeah, the cephalopods, yep. Yeah, yeah, and somehow Josh Hartnett knows all about that. He's going to call out what it is. Well, he's a whiz kid. He's a whiz kid, man. He's a whiz kid. He's got rich kids or, or rich parents, whatever. They're They're out of the picture, whatever. But you got this stupid motherfucker who's like, you know what? I need to go back and I need to... My parents neglect me. I need something. Who's going to go into the ocean? We got to find somebody to go into the ocean and find her. And that's how this new alien invasion starts. And it's like a hybrid. It's more of a hybrid because they've already invaded and and, and tried to take us over. But now you have this one silly motherfucker that's going to take down the human race. And it's it's our man from what, what was his name? Do you recall? I don't, I don't even know. Craig, Craig, Craig. I thought it was Craig. Craig. It was Craig. Because, of course, a Craig would be the downfall Mm -hmm. of humanity. Craig goes down there, finds his new octopus teacher, Mm -hmm. and that's the replacement to his love. And now, the faculty part two. Would it make all because all because Craig can't fucking please his wife? Would it make it? it. Would it? I love it. It's fantastic. I want to see it. Uh, Would it make it better or worse for you if a man fell in love with an octopus or fell in love with a woman's head with octopus tentacles? Uh, Are you talking about what I personally would identify with or what I would appreciate in a movie? I'm going to say what you personally identify with. I I, I want to get to know the man behind the curtain. You know? Oh Lord! Oh Lord! Mm. I would probably go with the head because at least that's a a human-looking apparatus. You know, <laughs> maybe maybe your alien technology can latch onto a head, and now I have a complete human in front of me. Whereas an octopus in the ocean, eh, I don't know about that. I can't talk myself into that. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But that that's my take. Now, do you have a way to modify this movie that might so be see, more enjoyable? See, I actually I don't know if it's because I enjoyed the movie uh, so much um, and I already think it's kind of wacky and zany. So it's hard to t- I mean, I say it's hard, but you clearly took it to the next level. I think more so for me. I mean, mine were very subtle things. I would just love to have seen more of the like 
I thought there was other stuff that was set up in the movie that I would have loved to have seen. Like when he's talking about, you know, being chased, the coach originally talks about being chased down the football field. And I would love to have seen like that scene where like Elijah Wood is just being like chased by the entire football team. Maybe like at a certain point, the football team actually assimilates into one gigantic football player that he has to try and like, you know, uh, to, to fend off or fight or something like that. Because the only the only big baddie we have is the queen alien. I'm like, I'm just thinking like, you know, I've played a lot of video games and stuff like that. I'd, l- I'd love to see more variety um from the from the alien invasion you know uh can can they morph together can they form different different forms like you know it's a hive but like all hives there's different there's there's the worker bees the warrior bees and stuff like that i I would have loved to you know maybe maybe there's a prequel or you know when uh when the queen alien's talking about her home world i I want a, a good flashback at that moment almost like uh you know when we talk a lot of people say the the best way to watch the star wars you know the six movies that matter um is you watch one through or you watch a new hope and the empire strikes back which are four and five up until the point of the darth vader revealed and then you go back and you watch the prequel trilogy to see like who the man behind the mask is and then you finish it all out i'm i'm thinking maybe something like that where like i want to see that home world that these these things came from because i mean judging by the way they interact i mean what what was the you know the apex predator on that planet was it these these creatures you know i don't know um but yeah that's that's basically like i said my chop shop was a little lazy this week i'll admit but it was it was more so i wanted to see you know more about the the home planet of this parasite and stuff like that this this world that dried up because i was actually well, thinking in my you know notes what? Hmm? i i think you're on to something there because i did have a question as to what the motive because the queen in this movie is the the southern bell from the atl right mm-hmm. yeah. from atlanta number one i i have a problem with the way that the movie hid the reveal from us because they all take that that let's snort the 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 big pen powder mm-hmm. through our nose, and it's revealed that she faked it, right? Right. There's We're- no way that there's no way we could have predicted that. So it kind of fucks up the whole. Could you predict who the queen was? Because the movie faked us out there, right? It did, and that's why I was on the fence. Where I'm like, she's definitely an alien. I just don't know if she's going to be the queen alien that they have to take out, or if that's going to wind up being the drama or our music teacher, or like there's that scene where you know Elijah Woods talking to Stokely, where about like you know may- maybe they were visited by like you know maybe Spielberg or, or Lucas was in was visited by aliens to warn us. I'm or like, or oh. Sonnenfeld. Or Sonnenfeld, like to to warn us. I'm like, oh well, maybe she winds up being like a good alien who like she's here to stop the invasion. And I'm like. Okay, she's definitely an alien. I just don't know which side of the fence she's going to wind up being on. She winds up being the queen. Uh, not not a big deal there. My issue with that scene is it shows that when she fakes it, I'm okay with her, you know, weird nostril closing thing. But the fact that she had a tentacle finger that unravels the pen cap, I'm like, well, that seemed like a little like no one noticed that. Like she's well, got- yeah, it's a little risky on her part to to show the the tentacle finger. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I, I would love to see the background. And I was thinking like, you know, if this movie was made today, like there would definitely be much more of an environmental spin to the whole thing because she makes the throwaway line about how her planet dried up and that's why they need the water. And I'm like, 
oh, there definitely be like an environmental spin about like, you know, how we're destroying our planet and she's going to like take over and fix it to where it doesn't end up like her planet. Like, but, you know, aside from that, that's, that's you know, the, some subtle little tweaks, maybe an additional a prequel movie or something to explain the the cephalopod invasion. I, that's, that's what I'm looking for, you know? Yeah, I think ultimately the problem with these kind of movies is if an alien species could come across light years to invade Earth, there's no way that a what anybody could could oppose them. Because literally, imagine if if somebody had had conquered or figured out light travel, and you know our nuclear weapons are not going to make much of a difference. But in these kind of movies, we expect to believe that Josh Hartnett, who's repeating his senior year. And a group of bandits can take down an alien invasion. So you have to take that grain of salt. But again, I enjoyed it. No, I, I totally agree. I think that's probably why my not to say that I didn't enjoy my octopus teacher. But if a movie's already a little a little crazy, a little zany, it's it's hard to to kind of really go too far into it. So like I said, it's little subtle things that I would just do to kind of improve upon this movie that I, I think was already pretty, pretty fun. Absolutely. Yeah, this is a I, I, we won't spoil it, but I think we both like this movie. So moving on, what's your uh, what's your next topic? So um, we're going to jump into a new segment here. Uh, we thought we'd be, you know, try and, you know, tote that educational tag there. Um, what we're dubbing market value. So we just want to kind of go into what the budget of this movie was, what the uh, the nat or the international sales and the domestic sales were. So uh, Travis, you know, I think this kind of, you know, came from the fact that you asked me about a movie we watched not too long ago uh how much i thought the the budget was and i was way off because i clearly don't know what movies cost <laughs> so um what what do you think the budget for the faculty was oh i mean also this came out in I 98 think 98 yeah i don't okay, yeah this so is not adjust for inflation so this is this these are 98 bucks all right before okay, the dot so what com it bubble. actually took okay what it actually took to make this movie yeah. i'm gonna say 30 million wow you'd be able to make two movies with that travis because this had a budget of 15 million dollars wow okay that i'm impressed right off because this that they stretched that budget in my opinion yep so and well that's the thing is like again you look at that and i think part of it we talked about before is the the talent in this movie i just feel like it was at this weird like this perfect time where like a lot of them hadn't broken out yet um and so you had a lot of what would wind up being very talented successful actors and actresses that just so happened to be in this this <laughs> weird yeah, movie it, together no you're right because god like even Selma Hayek, I'm like, why is she in this movie for fucking five minutes? But it's because she's not Selma Hayek yet. She's just somebody who's worked with Robert Rodriguez. So he's going to cast her in this. Mm. And like, I guess you can go down the line. Yep. All right. So domestic, how much do you, do you think the movie was a success? How much do you think it will uh, success? I guess we'll look at worldwide, but I tend to just look at the domestic money. How much how much do you think this thing raked in? Oh, total total I'm domestic sorry. pull. 
What did you say the budget was? Fifteen million. Fifteen million was the budget. From the man who made Desperado from the writers of Scream and Scream 2. Oh, okay. That that raises the bar. I'm going to say 50 million. All right. Little little over. The domestic poll was 40 million. Right at 40 million. Do you want to guess the worldwide poll? I don't think it would be that much more, so I'll stick with 50, 50 million. All right. The worldwide poll was 63 million. So this was a success. It made its money back, which I'm glad to know that. Even though it is not necessarily rated great, it has reached cult classic status, which is bad for me to say because, yes, we were probably not that old when, or we were decent age when it came out. So, um, but yeah, I thought that it was fun to kind of look at that. So we'll continue to do market value and then we'll wrap it up. Or I guess we got two more segments here. Uh, second to last, my favorite segment, taglines. You know, we got to get the thing registered. So I'm going to give you, you know the game. You know it, you love it. I'm going to yes, give you sir. three taglines. One of them is a tagline from the faculty, an official marketing tagline. One of them might be from a movie that we've mentioned during this review or something adjacent. And one of them is something that I cooked up myself, you know, my own little, my own little pen of, of drugs. So here we go. I'm going to give you your three taglines and I need you to tell me which one you think came from the faculty. You ready? I'm ready. And you thought your teachers were weird. The next one is anytime, anywhere, anyone. And last but not least, you have, haven't you always wondered what they do in the faculty lounge? Ooh. Those are your three taglines. I will repeat them if needed. Well, no. Yeah, yeah. I'll ask you to repeat them, but let me ask you. During your research, did you look for the primary tagline for this movie? It depends. So like this one, we can get into if we want. This one had 11 taglines, and some of them were very, very obvious. Like when I made one of them was literally the new science fiction thriller from the director of Desperado and from Dust Till Dawn from the writer of Scream and Scream 2. That was one of the taglines for the movie. So I wasn't going to give you that one. I thought it was a little obvious. But this is one of the 11 taglines used for this movie. Okay, last question. Did you go for one that would intentionally not be obvious? Because I'm sure there's a better tagline for this movie than any of the three that you gave, is what I'm asking. I mean, knowing that I made one of them, that hurts a little bit. But, um, <laughs> yes, there are some that are... I'll go through them. I'll give you the. I'll give you all eleven of them when you're done. No, Some no, of them are very yeah, obvious. Jesus, Jesus Christ! Nobody's got time for that, Brett. Okay, go ahead and give me give me the three. I, I will say, I, I, this ahead. was this was one of my favorite taglines. I thought some of the other ones were a little cheesy and stupid. But here we go in order. And you thought your teachers were weird. Anytime, anywhere, anyone. Haven't you always wondered what they do in the faculty lounge? Okay, eliminate the middle one. I feel like the middle tagline is for a movie that... Mm, 
that at least aspires to be much better than this movie. So can you tell me what that middle tagline was for? Well, I can tell you you are right. That is the tagline for John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, of course, of course. Yes, yes. And that makes sense for that that particular film. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. All right, give me the other two. Go ahead. All right, I'll give you the other two. Do you want me to tell you one of the other taglines? Do you want to do you want to phone and, and hear and maybe maybe it'll give you an idea of what the what they were going for when they they tagged this movie? Sure, sure, sure. You, you, okay, I'll I'll give you I'll give you two of the other eleven taglines for this movie. All right. <laughs> Six students are about to find out their teachers really are from another planet. And take me to your teacher or two other taglines used for this movie. Oh, take me to your teacher should have been number one. Absolutely. The other is weird. Hold on. I thought it was five students. Who's the sixth student? Uh, no, I think it's six. It's jo- Jordana Brewster, Elijah Wood, Josh Hartnett. But they all fit in the car, though. Stan... Two in the front, three in the back. Stan Stokely and then um, the the alien chick that they just crammed in there. But yes, there's definitely there were six of them. One of them there just was six an alien. People, that's unsafe. Okay, Jesus Christ. All right, just get in the car, Stan. <laughs> okay. All right. So what are we down to? All right. Here we go. There's a lot of deliberation on this one. Here we go. Haven't you always wondered what they do in the faculty lounge? And you thought your teachers were weird. You better not be fucking searching this shit, because I'm be pretty upset if you're ruining the integrity of this game. God damn it. Uh, I'm hardwired into the laptop. I couldn't search if I wanted to. It's the last one. Well, it's I the switched. faculty lounge. The faculty lounge? You, you believe? Okay. Final answer? And if it's not, you're going to go with disturbing behavior as the other one. But yeah, that's my final answer. Haven't you always wondered what they do in the faculty lounge? Was written by yours truly. Mm, The actual, one of the 11 actual taglines was, and you thought your teachers were weird. It's not a bad, it's not bad, it's not bad. That, I got no beef with the taglines this week. (laughs) I guess it is weird that I, 11 seems a little excessive and it's like not i don't even think some of them were for other like for foreign markets i think this just literally they couldn't decide on a on a tagline this is one of those though go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say just in terms of talking of marketing like i didn't see this movie but i do remember i don't remember if the trailer explicitly says that they're aliens or not but i do know that when i went to watch this movie this week i knew that they were aliens like it was not a reveal to me that like some of them were being converted into aliens and stuff like that i'm like i knew that going into the movie and like i said i don't remember if that was i remember seeing the trailer for this movie but i do not remember if i just know that through osmosis and but i knew going into it that this that was the premise of the movie without doing any research I think that has to be osmosis. If you literally didn't even start this movie before you realized that the, it was an alien invasion, there had to be some osmosis. Yeah. So, last but not least, 
do we recommend this where how how far do we recommend this movie you know is this uh is this a one star you can avoid this motherfucker is it two star if it's on tnt go ahead and give it a give it a watch four star i'm gonna say somewhere around the lines of of renting you know maybe uh maybe having a a watch party with some friends maybe just cuddling up to a a loved one who knows and then i'm gonna go four star four stars just you need you want to own this in, in some form of media and then five star is you might own this in multiple forms of media. You you that's that's my my scale for the week. Okay, um, own this movie, hundred percent, hundred percent. From this era, Scream is always going to get the shine. And I agree. You know, Scream did for horror films. It reinvented horror. And once you reinvent horror, if you're if you're Kevin Williamson, if you're Robert Rodriguez, the next stage is okay. What genre do we reinvent? The genre that they're trying to reinvent here is sci-fi. I think this movie, if you're a sci-fi fan, it falls short. It falls short only because it's it, it's kind of a ripoff of Scream. But the attention to detail of this movie is great. I mean, it's got a great cast. We've already talked about that. There are certain scenes that are are great from a attention standpoint, from a cinematography standpoint. It's great. I would absolutely, if there was a Blu-ray of this movie that gave me an ounce of special features, this would be a must-own. So, yeah. If you come close to liking this genre or any of the the actors involved, you got to own this on physical media. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, this is definitely one of those, like, it's not going to be something that I seek out, but it's definitely one of those, if I saw available, I'd, I'd pick it, especially if it's a bargain bin. A bargain bin Blu-ray, this is a must a must purchase to me. Like, I would definitely want this in a collection, because I think you talk about, like, trying to reinvent it. I don't know if I necessarily agree from that. I think this was, they re, you know, try and reinvent it with Scream. I think the, the writer just wanted to have fun. I mean, the movie is so heavily homage even to the point where I think there's scenes that like I don't even understand the reference that they're making. Like there's the one where the it's after the the music teacher's been converted and like she looks, I think it's at Casey and does this weird like zoom, zoom, zoom. And I'm like, it's so weird. They don't do any other shots like that throughout the entire movie. It's just in that specific moment. I'm like, this has to be a direct reference to a scene from some other like sci-fi horror. Maybe it's from invasion of the body snatchers, but I'm like, I feel like this movie was just, this was a love letter to that genre and those movies that the, that those guys grew up with. Um, and I just think it's, it's super well done and it's entertaining. And, and to that point, like it's one of those where I think the sixth sense is a great movie, but once you kind of, it's fun to watch a second time to pick up on like, oh my God, there were so many breadcrumbs, but I feel like the six, well, this isn't even a great example. The Sixth Sense is a great movie. I'm just, it's not one of the, what I'm trying to get to is it's not one of those movies that once you figure it out, there's no replay value of it. I think this movie, you, they don't beat you over the head or make it so mysterious that you're like, oh my God, I never saw that coming and it ruins the next experience because you don't have that, that shock and awe with the reveal. I think it is just, 
it is a movie you could go back and, and watch it anytime and be like, you know, if you've got a friend over, you're trying to figure out something you want to watch, they're like, ah, what's the faculty about? And you're like, you haven't seen the faculty? Or just sit down, we're watching the faculty right now. Like, that's the kind of movie this is to me. That's It's almost like, you know, it's bait on the shelf for someone to just ask you to watch it. Absolutely. And, and to reinforce your point, in one of the last scenes before we know that the Southern Belle from Atlanta is the queen, um, she helps kill the principal by dumping all of the remaining, you know, whatever caffeine drug that Zeke has made onto her. But if you if you rewatch that scene, you realize she's doing it because she wants to go ahead and get rid of all of the weapons that get hurt you know, her alien species that is invading. So this movie is a lot smarter than you would expect by just looking at, you know, it's a 90s nostalgia grab. Absolutely. Even then, like, there's there's the scene towards the end when she reveals herself as the alien queen. Like, I fucking loved that scene because it comes in, you're in the gymnasium, and you're almost a bird's eye view like you're in the rafters, and you have just, there's two people. It's the queen and Stokely, and it's dark lit, and all of these streamers from the Homecoming game are just hanging, and I'm like, oh my god, like, it looks like a fucking alien layer. Like, it looks like an alien layer built out of a high school Homecoming game. Like, it, to me i absolutely love the way that that scene was structured because it's it's so subversive it's like oh she's the queen alien they're setting it up in this scene without basically beating you over the head where like from an aliens 2 where you're actually in like the cocoon hive of the alien queen like i just i add there there the, the movie is much smarter than i think people give it credit to no absolutely and and my only beef at the end is i just wish that Instead of having the alien queen be this big monstrous being, just continue to have it be the Southern Belle because I don't I don't feel like we had the menace from the Southern Belle. I feel like she could have performed that better, and that you don't have to spend the money on the the alien apparatus, so to speak. So that. Go ahead. I was say, and I think that's that's the biggest flaw of this movie is, I think it does being the Breakfast Club coming of age movie just well enough, and the sci-fi body snatcher horror just well enough that it's like you you want so much. So anybody who didn't love this movie or doesn't enjoy this movie, to me, is it's because they wanted more from it, and they just like, I just think it did what it could. You know, they mashed together yes. two very different genres, and I'm like. Yeah, you probably in today's time could probably maybe do a little bit better with it. But I'm like, I think they did a fantastic job mashing together two very different genres and having fun with it and still staying true to both genres. 100%. Yeah, I I think I'm looking at it through a 2021 lens where if I were remaking this, I would not have the giant monster scene at the end. It would be a much more personal experience. But you're right. You're looking... This was made in 1998. Underrated. Easily. Yep, for sure, for sure. Alrighty, well with that said, it got our glowing recommendation. Anybody who hasn't seen it should definitely go out and find it somewhere. I think you can rent it for $2.99 for standard def. I don't know why you would do that from Amazon or pay the extra buck and get the high def, which... 
I honestly don't even really know what the fuck that means, but uh, it's on Paramount Plus for free. Yeah, by the way, if you if you got the Paramount Plus, so it's at a bare minimum, it is worth the four dollar rental. Um, if if you can't get it for free, but yeah, it is. It's a fun ride, and uh, you should definitely go out there and, and check it out. Yes, sir. Any any final thoughts or anything you want to say, Mister Santana? I mm, no, I think I'm good. Hopefully this microphone setup works. I'll uh, make sure to turn the power on next time. <laughs> that sounds great. You did a great job. You're looking fantastic today. <laughs> I mean, think about that, though. The guy who was trying to fuck the octopus. Imagine if one of the octopus octopi from this movie got into the ocean. I mean, he's selling out for that shit. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Bye. Uh, you did a great job of sounding like a fucking alien-controlled cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>